there's nothing more humbling than when your job is actually called server. How many of y'all have ever worked in the restaurant industry in the room? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. And I saw some people like roll their eyes thinking about the restaurant industry and what that was like. And I've got to tell you, I worked as a server as I was working through college. and, And even after I graduated from college, had a degree, and couldn't get a good job for a, for a hot minute. Uh, I worked as a server in a steakhouse, and it was uh, a world-famous steakhouse that maybe you've heard of. It's called Ponderosa Steakhouse. Come on. I don't think they have too many of those anymore. There were a lot of Ponderosas that were kind of closing down while I was working there, but we had like a good Ponderosa, and it was like really the only good steakhouse in my hometown of 7,000 people in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And so I worked at this steakhouse, and honestly, I got to say, like, I made pretty good money as a server because I I just, like, worked the system. Like, you got to know how to deal with people as a server. But serving can be very humbling, right? Because I remember times where you would have that customer that was kind of, like, on a power trip. Like, yeah, sucker, I came out to eat so I don't have to do the work. Like, I didn't want to, like, carry the dishes. I didn't want to make nothing. I want you to do it, and I'm going to let you know that you are serving me today. And I remember one individual in particular, that one, one interaction that we had as I was waiting on him, and if you've ever waited tables, you kind of get to know your regulars. You get to know the people that come in again and again. And there are like funny conversations that happen with the, like the wait staff at the kind of at the wait station where it's like, no, I don't want to wait on them. They, they're terrible tippers. Like they're rude. Like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. Like you got this one. I'll take the short straw next time, but you got the short straw this time. Like, nope, not doing it. And we would all have like our non-negotiables. Like, no, I will quit today it, rather than wait on that person. Like, you got this. I promise. Like, I can't do it. And I remember a situation dealing with one of those kind of customers that it was like everybody was arguing about who had to take them because not only was he rude and not only were his four or five kids really messy and not only uh, were they really demanding, but they were lousy tippers. Come on. Like, I'm talking like not the kind of tippers that leave nothing, but the kind of tippers that it's insulting that you left me a dollar when you also left me this whole mess right here, you know? And so I remember one time in particular that he was being very demanding, being very pushy, and he, he referred to me as ma'am. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was saying, yes, ma'am. And here's the thing. He was doing it on purpose, y'all. Like, I, I could just see in his eyes. Like, and so I had a moment uh, in my job that I would not recommend for most people in a job situation uh, unless you don't value your job very much, where I was like, look, dude, I'm not going to wait on you if you call me ma'am one more time. Like, we're actually about to have a major problem here. And he was a little, like, surprised that I confronted him about it. Um, but hum- humble was the posture that I would ha- many times have to take in serving people because you're running after their food, you're running after uh, their, their drinks, you're running after this and you're running after that and you're trying to do everything you can to serve them. And the reality is once you begin to understand your regulars, you begin to think to yourself, okay, this is a good tipper, I want to give them great service. 
This is a lousy tipper. I'm going to do the bare minimum for them. Because at the end of the day, we begin to look at serving through the lens of what am I going to get out of this in the end? What is the benefit going to be for me in the end? And I know some of you are like, well, that's terrible. You should just give everyone great service. Well, if you've ever waited tables, you, you can understand that I'm going to do just enough to get by and I'm going to focus my attention on the good people, like the tipping people, like the, the customers that I actually like because I'm keeping track. I got a track record of their tipping in the back of my mind. But here's the thing. I was approaching it as what's the benefit for me? And the truth is many times don't we all approach serving in that way? How is this going to benefit me? Because the, the reality is we all have a natural inclination in our hearts to be served rather than to serve. Come on, are you with me this morning? And so we, we think about this in terms of our modern society. We go to McDonald's and we want a Big Mac, but we want no lettuce, no, no dressing. We want uh, only one bun, right? Like we, we want it customized. We go to the restaurant to get it our way. Or when we go to Starbucks, we want that latte with almond milk. I'm trying to do keto right now. So I'm trying to keep the sugar out and do the almond milk and things like that. And I feel like the, the people at Starbucks have been annoyed with me lately because I'm like, what can I do? And they're like, just order a drink. But we, we want it our way, right? Like Burger King. We want to get it our way. And the reality is we can go to the doctor to be served. We can go to the restaurant to be served. We can go on vacation expecting to be served. And sometimes we even come into church expecting to be served. Well, don't shout me down now this morning. So I want us to just ask ourselves these questions as we dive in here this morning. Question number one, how willing am I to serve others when there is nothing to gain involved for me? That's a good question. Here's the second part. Can I serve with a proper heart and attitude? Because we're going to talk more in just a few moments. It's one thing to serve. It's another thing to serve with the right motives, the right heart, the right attitude. And so when we look at this passage of scripture today, we see the apostles kind of wrestling with this idea of serving. And one thing we have to understand is that they're living under the rule of the Roman Empire. And in that empire, there, there was authority. The, the way of ruling was with an iron fist. The, the emperor had authority over the Senate. He had authority over the army. And so they're living in a culture where they're accustomed to that type of leadership. And so they're arguing on the roadside and Jesus flips the script and he says, if you want to be first, you need to be last. And so the truth is today that we live in a world where many people use their place or position of authority for personal gain rather than to benefit others. Am I right? Come on now. And so in this Jewish com community that Jesus was ministering to, the, here's, here's what you have to know. The Jews were waiting on the king. They were waiting on the king to come and restore order to the nation of Israel. They were waiting on a king to come and put an end to the pagan rule 
of the Gentiles, of the Roman government. And so they were waiting on a kingdom. And Jesus comes on the scene and he starts to teach about a kingdom. And he starts to demonstrate God's kingdom. And we can see it throughout the book of Mark. There's this teaching about the kingdom of God. And then there's this demonstration of the power of the kingdom. And what Jesus is doing is he's inviting them and us into a kingdom that looks different than most kingdoms we're accustomed to. Because his kingdom didn't look anything like what people expected. He didn't have an army. He didn't have resources. He didn't have a palace. He didn't really, he didn't really have a lot of the traditional follower, followers that a king would have had. And so he's setting up this kingdom that doesn't look anything like the kingdom that the people were expecting. And can I tell you that the kingdom of God is alive and well today? And that there's an invitation to us into a kingdom that looks countercultural. Here's what he said. Anyone who wants to be first must be very last and servant of all. In other words, he says, the kingdom of God is upside down and inside out. It's not like the kingdom of, of Rome. It's not like the Roman Empire. It's not like the kingdoms of this world. Because if you want to win in God's kingdom, you've got to lose. If you want to gain in God's kingdom, you've got to give. If you want to go up in the kingdom of God, you've got to stoop low. It's countercultural. It's upside down. It's inside out. And so he's teaching the disciples in this moment about what the kingdom is actually like. And it's not what they expected. He said you have to die to live. You have to lose to gain. You have to go down to go up. And you have to serve because Jesus modeled that for us. He came low and served for us. He's essentially saying, Greatness looks different than you think it does. Hello? That what you, the idea that you have of greatness is actually not my idea of what greatness looks like. There's a different type of greatness. There's a kingdom greatness. And so what I want to present to you this morning is that serving others and serving our community is not about building a name for our church. It's not about uh, feeling good, even though it might feel good to serve, but that rather we serve because Jesus served us. And it's a realization that our life is not about ourselves. I know that's hard for our pride to handle. Our life is not about ourselves. Look at someone and say, your life ain't about you. Tell them, tell them like you mean it. Your life ain't about you. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. How many of you know that's not easy when we wake up in the morning? That today is not about myself. Today is about how can I honor God and how can I love other people? Come on. And, and so Jesus is saying, you know, this is what greatness in the kingdom of God looks like. And really what he's saying is that serving doesn't come out of obligation, but rather it comes out of adoration. That when we serve because of 
adoration to God, that's what real service looks like. But if we're serving because we feel obligated to or we know it's the right thing to do or for any other self-serving purpose, how many of you know we have, we have it mixed up? We have service upside down. And Jesus essentially says, like, I'm going to give everything for you. And that's, that is the example. That our lives are not about ourselves. And when, when we struggle to serve in love, I believe it's because we fail to remember how much Jesus served us in love. Hello? That if we're, if we're struggling to have the right attitude in service, if we're struggling to serve in our home, if we're struggling to serve in our family, look, I'm not just talking about in the church today, if we're struggling to serve in our neighborhood with our neighbors, there's a good chance if we're a Christ follower that we have lost sight of how well Jesus served us and how well he loved us in his service. Amen? Here's what I think. Amen? I, I know. Don't shout me down this morning. I'm talking about your life ain't all about you. It's hard to hear. So I think about this in terms of my family, right? There are times where I have to die to what I want so that I can elevate what my kids need or what they want. Hello? That I have to deny myself. Like when I want to just go home and watch TV and it's soccer practice night and I know they want to go to soccer practice, I've got to deny myself. When they're wanting a new pair of shoes to keep up with the kids at school and I kind of would like a new pair of shoes my own self and probably could use them more. Sometimes as parents, most of you, many of you know this if you're a parent, you deny yourself for the good of your children. Or if, if maybe you're married in the room, sometimes I repent when I don't even think I'm wrong. Come on. If you're a newlywed in the room, this is like life-giving, okay? Like you can repent and not even believe that you're wrong, but you know that in dying to yourself and saying, I'm sorry, when maybe internally you're conflicted about whether or not you should be sorry, you're dying to yourself. And even though it might not be gratifying in the moment, there's a benefit. Hello? There's a benefit to that. And so Jesus, again, is saying, like, if you want to gain, you've got to give. If you want to go up, you've got to go down. If you want to be first, you've got to be last. And so in the next chapter over, if we look in Mark chapter 10, we see that even though Jesus had given the disciples this lesson just in Mark chapter 9, it wasn't all that long ago, they're still struggling with this. How many of you know we can be kind of thick-headed sometimes and not get the lesson the first time? And so that's what we see here in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45, if you turn to it. This is what it says. We, we have James and John, two of Jesus' like innermost crew. It's like part of his inner circle. And remember, they had been arguing on the road already. And now James and John are going to like make their move. And this is what happens. They make their move. They ask Jesus, can we have, here just a small request, Jesus. Can we have the places of honor in your kingdom? Remember, we're talking about a different kind of kingdom. And so they're asking for the places of honor at his right hand and at his left hand. And they're, they're saying, Jesus, can we have those places? And he responds and he says, you don't know what you're asking for. 
because the cost of those places is very great. And he goes on to say this in verses 42 through 45. It says, he called them together again and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Catch this now. Jesus says, verse 45, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but rather to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so again, you see Jesus reiterating this message about what his kingdom looks like. And the disciples are kind of sensing that the inauguration of the kingdom is coming because Jesus is talking about things like, uh, I'm, I'm about to be crucified. I'm about to like raise from the dead. He's, he's giving them all of this insight. And while he's talking about how he's going to give up everything, they're focused on places of authority, places of prestige, places of position. They didn't get the lesson in Mark 9. And so they're still wrestling with this. And, and so I just believe if, if the d- disciples wrestled with this idea of what does it look like to serve well, and if Jesus himself, the Son of God, said, I didn't come to be served, but rather to serve, then I believe that this is something that we as, as Christ followers in the room can get mixed up. And we, we can have our hearts postured the wrong way in this area of serving other people. Are you all with me this morning? And so how much more willing should we, we be to serve when we see the example that Jesus himself set and we hear him say, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Jesus stooped low to serve. And if, if we're not careful, our perspective on what it means to serve can look more like the kingdom of this world than the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus is inviting us into a kingdom that looks different. And so I thought about this contrast. I think it's going to come up on the screen. There are these questions that we can ask ourselves that kind of contrast what it looks like to have a kingdom of God perspective on serving versus a kingdom of self or a kingdom of this world kind of viewpoint on serving. Here's the first question. Kingdom of God view. How will this benefit others? Kingdom of self view. How will this benefit me? Come on now. There's a big difference, right? But we tend to ask ourselves, how is this going to benefit me rather than how is this going to benefit other people? Here's another one. Kingdom of God view. Does this glorify God? Kingdom of self view. Does this make me look good? Come on now. Like I want to serve where it's going to make me look good, where it's going to accentuate my gift set, where maybe other people are going to look and see like, oh, wow, like they're they're doing something of significance, right? But really what we should be concerned with in serving is how does this glorify Jesus? Amen? Next one. How will this impact God's kingdom? Good viewpoint. 
How will this impact me? Come on now. Like, what am I going to have to give up? What's the cost for me? Like, am I going to have to clean stuff that I don't want to clean? Am I going to have to, like, take care of kids and saints' kids? Like, what, what is this going to cost me, right? Rather than what is the benefit for God's kingdom? Here's another one. Is this what God wants me to do? That's a good question. That's a valid question. That, I, I believe that's a godly question. How about this? Is this what I want to do? Right? We can so easily shift from one to the other. Uh, do I want to do this? Does God want me to do this? Last one. What do I have that God can use? I believe that's a question that we should all be asking because this morning I just want to encourage you that you have something to offer to the kingdom. That God has placed a gift in you that's unique and that he wants to use. But too often times we can, we can ask the question kind of a different way. What do I have that I can use that will benefit me and for myself? Rather than what do I have that God can use? Are you all with me this morning? So there's a big difference here. And, you know, again, I'm not just talking about serving in the church. I'm talking about a lifestyle of serving. So here's some real practical ways that you can live this out. Number one. Do the laundry and take care of the house proactively. Come on, somebody. All, all the wives said, yeah, amen. Hey, can I tell you? This, this is funny. I'm going to tell on myself. Laura stopped doing my laundry this year. And it was hard at first for me. It really was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. She has done my laundry for 17 years. And she, she I don't think she did it mean-spirited. I think uh, the reality is, like, she wants me to help carry my weight on the laundry because she, she's still doing all the kids' laundry, you know. And I'm trying to help when I can. But there's something holy about doing laundry, y'all. Come on. There's something powerful about just doing the dishes and taking the trash out, doing the things that maybe you'd rather not do. It's a way that we can serve each other in our home because... What if we looked at our home and said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve, right? Number two, babysit someone else's kids so that they can have a break. Well, yeah. Maybe arrange like a, a child care swap so that you can both have a break, right? Something. But how many of you know there are people that are stressed that don't have a babysitter that could use an extra set of hands sometimes, myself included? Like, we, we can do something to help. How about this one? Clean out your closets and your playrooms of all the extra stuff that you're not using and donate it to someone. That's serving. That's a way that we can serve. That's a way that we can impact. Here's another one. Get up early. Well, some of y'all just stopped listening right there. And make breakfast for your spouse or for your kids. Come on, praise him. Get up early. Here's one. This is a really good one. Look, how about you ask your child's teacher what you could do to help them out? How about you ask your child's school, how could you serve? What can I do? Can I be of assistance somehow? Can I make copies for you? Any teacher that you ask that question to, they're going to say, oh, yes, you can. How about this one? Take time to just be with somebody that needs your attention. 
just take time. Just take time out and, and serve them and, and sit with them with no other motive but then to be helpful and to be loving and serving toward them. Here's one. With your money, how can you serve other people? Are you tithing to, the, to your local church? Are you giving towards kingdom builders? Or are you giving towards other worthy nonprofits and organizations in our community? Are you serving with the resources that God has placed in your hand? Here's a good one. Use your individual talents in the, in the church, in the local body of, of Christ. Some of you have administrative skills that God can use. Some of you have skills of working with children or youth that God can use. Some of you are good with technology. Can I tell you, God can use that. Some of you don't know what you're good at, but I got to tell you this morning, you're good at something and, and God has purpose for you and he wants you to use it in the body of Christ to make an impact. Hello? There's a place for your gift and you are gifted by God to make a difference. Some of you maybe are, are a good gardener. That's not me. I don't know. I don't know what you're good at, but I know that God has created you with unique giftings that you can use to make an impact for him. Here's the last thing. Can we just humble ourselves? Can we humble ourselves and put the needs of others above our own? Can we be last in order to be great in the kingdom of God? Because here's the biggest thing I want you to hear this morning. This isn't just about what's happening with our hands. More importantly, it's about what's happening in our heart. That it's not about the position that you maybe fill in the church or in other places. It's more importantly, service is a matter of the heart. Can I tell you, you can be a volunteer and not serve. And you can work and not serve. Here's what I mean. Someone who's serving will come early and stay late. Someone who's just volunteering or working will come late and leave early, right? There's a big difference, right? Someone who's serving does it with the right heart motivation, the right attitude. Someone who's just working, you can see it on their face that they're not happy to be there, that they're doing it because they feel obligated, but they've forgotten the adoration factor, that I'm serving because I love Jesus. I'm serving because I love people. I'm serving because that is the model that Christ laid before us to live out. So as we close this morning, if you would, just bow your heads right where you're at and close your eyes. Before we do that, look this way. Can I just say thank you to the, the faithful and committed group of people that we have serving in this church. I want to just say thank you. I want to take a moment and just acknowledge that what you're doing is important, that this room didn't miraculously get set up itself this morning, that people working in our, our kids ministry, they're doing that this morning to serve us so that, so that we can be in this room, that the people that greeted you at the door, the, the worship team, the production team, the setup team, every team, the parking lot team, that there are, we have an incredible group of committed, faithful people that are serving. And can I tell you this? It's because of the work that you've done and the 
the spirit of service that you've provided even over the past six months, that we are about to be able to walk into a different season and a different opportunity because of the way that you've faithfully served. Amen? That if, if we hadn't served faithfully over these past six months, the opportunities that we're looking at in front of us would not have taken place. And so I just want to say thank you for that. And maybe there are others here this morning that you, you would say, yeah, I'm, I'm not really serving in the church, but I'm, I'm interested. I, I want to. Like, I, I feel like God could use me in some sort of way. And if that's you, I would just encourage you, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's think about where God can use your giftings. Because, again, there's, there's a place for everyone's gift here. There's a place. And God has gifted every single one of us. So this morning as we close, if you would, just close your eyes just want to remind us that when Jesus came, he was all about serving. That he left heaven, stooped low to come to this earth to serve and to serve our greatest need, which was relief from our own sin and our own pain. His service allows for our healing. It allows for us to have a, a relationship with God. He was betrayed by one of his best closest friends. He was mocked. He was tortured. He was crucified. But he rose again in victory. Why? He did that because he was serving you. Because he was serving me. Because he was serving humanity. And meeting our greatest need, which was a savior for our sin and a healer from our sickness. 